And me, Reese Al Griffiths. And I win the game last week. We was the draw at best. I got seven out of twelve. No, it was, it was six out universe. of twelve. So I decided uh, we could play another game this Why week. Why do you and decide I all these games when you win? You just you you win the fact off. You decide I the decide next episode. I I win the speed game. So I want to win. In fairness, actually, Reese, you decided the topic of this episode. I did. You did. Do you want to tell everyone what topic you wanted? This episode is utter poo. <laughs> this is the poo episode. Yes. And I thought I'd make it a little bit nicer than just we're just going to talk about poo by playing a few rounds of poo or false. <laughs> we like our puns, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> so in this situation, poo is... Poo means true. Yeah. And false means false. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that last one. So you have some statements prepared. Yep. I have some statements prepared. Do you want to go first? I'm happy to go first if you wish, Mia. Go on then, Reese. Okay. You take it away. There is a national poo museum that has been opened up at the Isle of Man Zoo here in the UK. A national poo museum. Yes. I'm going to say that's poo. It's false. No. It's actually in the Isle of Wight. <laughs> oh, Reese, that is way nastier than anything that I'm going to do in this game. So there is a poo museum. It's and just it's not in the, in the Isle of, of Man. So it's br- I was looking on the website. I really want to go. Can we go? It's Absolutely. The, the tagline is have you been <laughs> with a question mark Amazing. and there's photos of the opening ceremony and instead of cutting a ribbon they got toilet paper <laughs> it's great but so what's in the poo museum oh what isn't in the poo museum <laughs> yeah well they say pretty much because you're in a zoo there's they, they poo a lot so they take a lot of the poo and put it in the museum well they just bada ping bada boom the lion's poo more or less they here's... preserve the poop they preserve the poop it is um first dissected by heating it up in a specially built drying machine to evaporate any water it is then sealed in a clear resin orb and among the specimens among the specimens on show they have lima poop lion poop human baby poop meerkat poop tawny owl poop which contains bones and teeth and over 15 other varieties so there's only like 20 different kinds of poo well yeah there's a lot of poo. And they're just I think on, they in little just cab- Is there any, like, interactivity to this museum? Touch and feely something. <laughs> Scratch and sniff. Well, you know, like pulling a lever or... I went to a science mu- uh, centre in Norway where I uh, had to lift my own... I had to lift a giant poo out of a toilet using a pulley. I'll, I'll have to find this picture. You pull <laughs> the pulley and poo comes out of the toilet that's equivalent to all the poo that you do in a year. Do they have anything like that? They should do. I mean, it's only been open for a few months. I think so it's still open, it's, it's still it's still getting there. It's still getting there. The idea for the museum came to the co-founder Daniel Roberts while hiking in northern Sweden, when he stumbled across a pile of poop on the ground. And after noticing how oddly intrigued the group become, he thought, "Hmm, maybe I can get an <laughs> exhibition on the subject." So he was Swedish, but he set it up on the island. No, I think he's British. I think he's you. Oh, um, I see. Okay. He was uh, hiking in Sweden, but it is true. I remember going to like. 
zoos and it's always when they poo and you're like ah oh, there's poo <laughs> when the chimp... i can't say i've ever been like that haven't you i think poo's a bit icky i once watched a chimp poo in its hand and then just throw it at the glass and yeah. it was the best thing i've ever seen is the poo not a lot less interesting when there's no chimp throwing at me well you know i'm surprised i think the next the next way this is going to go is has to be celebrity poo <laughs> to be honest what like, celebrity's going to sign up for that I don't know but don't you think right you think lion poo that's interesting but what if they're like oh we've got Angelina Jolie's poo no I would not pay to look you've got Angelina no Jolie's interest poo. no what about Benedict Cumberbatch's poo I wouldn't want to see Benedict Cumberbatch's poo either Arnold Schwarzenegger's poo I don't even want to see Arnold Schwarzenegger's poo really really I would be quite curious would you you can tell how healthy someone is from I the wonder poo. with it <laughs> It'd be like, oh, Angelina Jolie's not uh, doing too well, <laughs> judging by this specimen. That's what you would pay good money to do, isn't it? Well, it's a museum, isn't it? You shouldn't pay to go in a museum. Museums are free. I'm assuming the Poo Museum is Te- free. Well, technically, I think it's inside the zoo. So you probably pay to go inside the uh, zoo. So you get to see other things as well for your buck. For your money. But I I'd would just be, stay in the zoo, I think. I'd be intrigued to see different... Cele- Are you sure there's no celebrities poo you'd be interested in? Absolutely none. The Chuckle Brothers? What the Chuckle Brothers? Where did that come from? I'm thinking you weren't interested in Angelina Jolie. I'm going in a different direction. <laughs> no, I'm not interested in seeing their poo either. I am. Whose poo would you most <laughs> like to see? Oh, now that I've brought the Chuckle Brothers into it. <laughs> How can I not? I don't know, maybe some... To so- me, to poo. <laughs> That's what the caption would be. See, it's just, it's got to happen. <laughs> I, w- I would pay good money to see the Chuckle Brothers separately. And you have to work out which is which. <laughs> which one's Barry's, which one's Paul's. Interaction <laughs> at this poo museum. Well, I suppose we have killed two birds with one stone there. Exactly. So it features um, fossilised poo as well. Coprolite. So coprolite, which date back 140 million years. So it's not all. Like, That's just what I'd want to see. Current. Your dinosaur poo interests yeah. you. Yeah. That's quite interesting. It is quite interesting. Do you think they have like, like a T-Rex would do like a large poo? Do you think Quite large, yeah. They could do like a, a climbing frame out of it? Or have a T-Rex poo? Yeah, it's quite huge, isn't it? It wouldn't have been that big. What, a climb? You just stretched your arms like right out. That's still yeah. not climbing frame size, is it? Well, and I like, think a T-Rex poo would be closer to like a couple of feet. I'm and... talking for like the toddlers, maybe have like a play centre. Like, what about one of those really, really big, um, the big herbivores? The brachiosauruses. The sauropods, yeah. Yeah. They, I suppose you could turn one of their poos into a climbing frame. Possibly. I would be uh, quite interested. But on in the museum, they have toilets on the walls. And you open the toilet seat lid and there's little facts inside about poo. Wow. This, is, this sounds like a magical place. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you tricked me by saying Isle of Man. Yep. That was that was cruel. That was cruel, but you that really was one point to one. me. All right. It's my turn. Reese, poo or false? The efficiency of power lines is improved by bird poo because it's a good conductor of electricity. Do I have to say now if I think it's poo or false? Or can I you have to ask you to elaborate more? That's as much as I'm going to give you. So the birds poo on the power lines. and that I'm not is... asking whether that's poo or No, I'm, I'm just talking okay, to myself yeah. now. The boo... The booze... <laughs> the birds <laughs> poo... <laughs> the birds poo on the power lines. And that helps the power 
go through the lines because it's a good conductor of electricity. I don't yeah. think that's true. You're going to say that that's false? I'm going to say it's false. You're correct. It's yes! false. Yes! However, bird poo is actually a really, really good conductor of electricity. And that, in some cases, can call, uh, can cause what are known as flashovers, where there's almost too much electricity in a short space. So bird poo can cause a short circuit in power lines, where, for example... Yeah, let's have an example. Back in 1923, America upgraded all of its power lines to 220 kilovolts, so it was much higher voltage going through than it used to be, and they were getting voltage drops and power outages all the time, like a couple of times a day. So the engineers were like going, we don't know what's wrong, we don't know what's wrong. And one of them saw an eagle taking off from a power, um, from one of the masts on a power line. And as he took off, he left behind what they fondly call a streamer. <laughs> just lightening the load before he took off. I like how he was an eagle, not just like a pigeon. No, it was a big bird, just yeah. Just an eagle messing up the power lines. America's favourite bird as well. Bet and that stung. The streamer allowed the electricity to jump from the cable into the poo and then into the tower and down to the earth. I thought you were going to say into the bird then. No, the bird in this situation was okay. <laughs> um, but they had to change the design of the whole power grid to accommodate poo. Couldn't they have just, like, you know, got rid of the eagles? I, it was easier to just... Well, what they did was put some pans out that caught the poo uh. and some spikes and things to stop them landing. But yeah, the poo provided a nice quick route down to the ground if it was near enough to a tower. So I, I did, yeah. So the efficiency of power lines is not improved; it's actually drastically reduced. But the bird poo is quite a good conductor. Could you use it in a practical way to conduct electricity? What, what practical use were you thinking of? I don't know. If you want to make a circuit. And you haven't got any, you know, metal, but you've got a parrot. You could just get the parrot to poo. Would that work the then? Um, yeah. Can't see why not. Depends on the circuit, probably. Don't know how high a voltage it would be able to. But then, I mean, in this situation, it was two hundred and twenty kilovolts. It's quite high. I smell an experiment. I think. I've, in the works. Where can we get a parrot? I don't know. It's not, they're not so popular really nowadays. Where can we get parrots. an eagle? Not anywhere around here. Hmm. Maybe that's a future experiment we can do. <laughs> Let's put that on the list. So is it just bird poo that's a good conductor? If well, we... no, there's lots of things that are good conductors. I Not just that. I mean, <laughs> bird, what about poo in general? Oh, I see. I assume most poos probably about the same. Quite watery. It's the salt content, isn't it? Salty water. That's a good conductor of electricity. So if you haven't got a parrot... I'm not going <laughs> to take part in that experiment. Maybe you can invite your friends, the Chuckle Brothers. Yeah, maybe. First, got to convince them to donate their poo to the National Museum. <laughs> and then... And then to donate it for our experiment. They'd probably be up for it. You know, they haven't got much on, in fairness. <laughs> Get them outside of panto season. They'll be looking for work. Is it my turn again? It's your turn again. Right. Caterpillars disarm corn with their poo. Disarm what, sorry? Corn. Corn as in the vegetable? Yes. And when you say disarm, you mean like they peel it? 
Does Sam corn with their poo? Yes. Caterpillars disarm uh, are corn. Are able to disarm corn. So if corn has a defense strategy, they're able to disarm uh, it with their poo. I'm going to say that's true. Poo. It's not true. It's poo. It is poo. Yay. Yes. This I found this really interesting because apparently these plants, they have two senses two types of defense so they can either defend themselves from pathogens like sort of fungi or bacteria Mm. or they can defend themselves from insects kind of like us because we got an immune system and hands for swatting we can do at the same time can't we oh i see oh i see this corn can only do one or the other only one or the other is that day by day or in its whole life i'm not sure because but judging from this they must be able to swap it okay during its life because what happens is the larvae of fall army worms um they get into sort of the crevices of the stalk of the corn and then they can poo there like right in the little okay. the grooves of the corn like so cause not... imagine the leaves around it uh, so it's okay. like down by the stalk so the corn thinks oh hang on I'm being, the corn thinks. The corn thinks. Hang oh, on, hang on. I'm being attacked by some sort of bacteria thing going on, so it changes its defense from the insect defense to the pathogen effect to try and get rid of this bacteria, and then the caterpillars get in there and munch away, and they're able to eat the corn. That's bizarre. Yeah. How, what are the two mechanisms? What do you mean mechanisms? Well, you said it switches between the anti-pathogen mechanism and the anti-insect mechanism. I'm not entirely sure, but there is uh, a way. Scientists have tested it in a sort of a lab of getting caterpillars to try and eat the corn when it is trying to get rid of the bacteria and Mm -hmm. one where it isn't. And the caterpillars who are eating the ones getting rid of the bacteria, shall we say, are a lot more successful munching on that mm. corn than the other one so they think this is something that's sort of evolved over over years this sort of this clever tactic the caterpillars have got going on of this clever, ta- this clever <laughs> tactic of right lads we'll get together one friday night we'll have a bit of corn but first <laughs> we gotta poo up and down the stalks i can see how that corn. would evolve by like the real mechanism of evolution natural selection just because if there's caterpillars that happen to poo a lot they are more likely to get a good dinner if they're going up in some corn so yeah the clever cleverly placed poo Hmm. that's going on that doesn't happen overnight no they know they know right we'll poo here (laughs) and then we eat tomorrow oh i see it's like a day apart it must be i think it's it's relatively close like it must be relatively close. Hmm. I was more surprised at the fact that the plants can only defend against one yeah, or the I've other. Yeah, I've never heard of that. That's so really I don't know surprising. If it's just the corn or if there's other plants, but in this case, they were able to get the corn to do its bidding, <laughs> to drop its defense shields. It disarmed it. It's, it's like some sort of action movie. Like this would be a good Pixar movie, <laughs> you know, like a bug's life. Yeah, it would have been a very different film. Very different film. If, if they it was about caterpillars pooing. Organised crapping. <laughs> That's what Bugs Life needed. Very good. Well, speaking of pathogens, here's your next poo or false. Wild mice prefer to sleep near the poo of other mice. Wild mice 
prefer to sleep near the poo of other mice. So not their poo. Not their poo. I don't know. Other wild mice. Other wild mice. Yeah. Not that many wild mice. No domestic mice. You know, they could be friends. It could be like a West Side Story, Romeo and Juliet. But we're talking about gen, like you know, generalizations. And most wild mice have never come across domestic mice. I never know. Fievel, he travelled a bit. That's one mouse, <laughs> Reese. <laughs> he went west. That's one mouse that isn't real. He went to the wild west. Does that make him a wild mouse? <laughs> I'm talking about mice that just live outside of our homes. Well, I never saw Fievel sleeping near Pooh. <laughs> I'm going to say... True, Pooh. 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 Pooh is correct. Yeah, for the weird mice. A study was done in 2013 by the universities of Edinburgh and Santa Cruz where, for whatever reason, they put mice in sort of choice chambers where they could sleep near some poo or away from some poo or they could sleep in an old nest made by some other mouse or in a nice fresh new nest. And in both cases, the mice kind of chose the pooey, dirty side over the nice fresh clean side which is surprising because domestic pets tend to prefer things clean especially cats they are like fussy as anything um but even domestic mice tend to be a bit picky about cleanliness i've got two questions go on first of all why did they want to sleep near the poo and second of all why on earth did scientists decide to test this i think they were maybe looking to see whether because the domestic behaviour of animals that I'll avoid dirty stuff they wanted to know whether that was the same in wild animals I think alright so I think we could maybe figure out why they didn't why they, why these wild mice preferred to sleep near the poo why do you think well they kind of say in the, uh, in the study but I want to guide you alright why do what I think what advantage do you think there might be to sleeping where there is poo um, detract predators if you think yeah. the predator will be walking along with ooh smells a bit over here it's a bit maybe, stinky maybe but a lot of predators don't think like that because the predators tend to be stinky as well perhaps the mouse would rub the poo on him so the predator with its infrared vision <laughs> wouldn't see the mouse uh, mm. call back to episode 26 <laughs> Um, most mice don't do that because they haven't seen Predator. Well, they're missing out, aren't they? What can you say about if, if uh, say you're a mouse, you're out in the woods, you're scuttling about. All right, let about. me get into the mindset, right? Okay, I'm imagining squeak, squeak. myself in the woods. Squeak, 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 squeak. You're looking for somewhere to sleep. You're looking for somewhere to sleep. What do you want in somewhere where you sleep? Warmth. You want to be warm? What else? I don't want to smell like poo. <laughs> well, you're a mouse, so you don't really care. Away from predators. Away from predators, you warm. want to be safe, somewhere warm. Um, what else do you sort of need? Ensuite. You don't need an ensuite. Need you're a mouse. What do you need? I'm I'm mouse of luxury. You're yeah. not a mouse of luxury. You're not a town mouse. You're a country mouse. Comfort. C- comfort. Food. Food. You need safety. You need food. You need to know that you're going to survive the night. Mini bar. Mini bar. So you're scuttling about and you see lots of places where it doesn't look like anybody slept before. But then you walk in underneath the tree, say, and you find a little bit of a nest that's got some poo in it. What does that tell you about that place? Other animals have been here mm-hmm. and have defecated in this area. 
And what what does that mean for you? That if other animals have been living here, there must be a food source nearby. Exactly. This is what the scientists from Edinburgh and Santa Cruz said. They reckon that mice that see that something has been there long enough to poo suggests that it's probably been there long enough to have something to eat without a predator eating it. Don't they just eat, like, grass? What, mice? Mice. They eat all sorts of things. Grass isn't going to provide you with everything that you need. All right. I didn't think they were that fussy with eating. Well, they're not fussy, but they need, like, a full suite of nutrients and vitamins and proteins. You told me you didn't need an ensuite a moment ago. Yeah, not an ensuite, a full suite. Like a buffet. Like a buffet. <laughs> a mouth buffet. <laughs> but does that make sense? Whereas, sort of. whereas a domestic mouse, it knows that it... Well, I, I'm not convinced sometimes that domestic animals know that they're safe. But it's, you know, in you know these many, many generations of domestic pets, safety has become almost less of a luxury and more of a just sort of a given. And disease is what kills them off rather than predators so the ones that tend to sleep near poo tend to catch diseases more easily how near is near poo could they be like right there's some poo here but i'm going over there it's a very short walk like 30 seconds a minute Um, or do they literally sleep on the poo well they'll sleep in bedding that's pooey bedding being like a nest these mouse don't sound too smart well they are mice Mice are the smartest animals around, according to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I thought dolphins were the smartest. Oh, no. Mice are smartest in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Then dolphins. Uh, then humans. That's fact. That's fact. Write that down. Write that <laughs> down. So is it my go? Yep. Right, my last one. Poo or false? A poo-powered bus breaks the UK land speed record. A poo-powered bus. Broke the UK land speed record, sorry. I reckon there probably is a poo-powered bus out there, but I think it's false that it broke the UK speed limit. Not speed limit, what was it? Speed Speed record record for the UK. No, it didn't break that. I think it's like the bus land speed record, not like overall. Oh, okay, that's different. So I was going to say, a bus is never going to go faster than one of those little race car things, No, no, I think... Imagine a bus travelling. Double decker? Fast, I don't think so. As fast as you Single can. Decker. Do you Cardiff think, bus? Imagine, well, yeah, like a Cardiff bus. Cardiff bus doesn't tend to go very fast. They, do you reckon a bus powered solely on poo can go faster than the fastest bus? No. False. You're wrong. Oh, it's true. This is a stupid game. You came up with this game. <laughs> This bus, right, uh, reached 76.8 miles per hour. That's pretty fast. It's fast for a bus. It broke the speed limit, though. Yeah, it broke. It could, yeah, if it was on a motorway, it broke the speed limit. Yeah. But, um... That's the national speed this limit. This bus went around the tracks at Millbrook uh, Proving Ground in Bedfordshire. So it was done on, like, a proper race course and was confirmed by the UK Timing Association. So this bus is called the Bus Hound. Very nice. After the Bloodhound Supersonic car. <laughs> and I can tell you that it runs on... I'm going to have to read this, Mia. It runs on biomethane produced by anaerobic or without oxygen 
digestion of cow waste, which takes place inside a bioreactor. Biofuel is quite a nifty source of energy, actually. Yeah. Yeah, because you get you get methane out of it. Methane. Methane. Is... What powers our cookers and that? Is, is, is methane good at powering like a vehicle though? Well, it just um, yeah, I've not heard of it for use in vehicles before, but it's still it's good good energy source. Well, this bus hound had compressed and liquefied uh, the biomethane and stored on seven tanks attached to the roof. That's not ideal. So, but it still it still went pretty fast. Mm. Didn't break the world record. This is the UK land speed mm. record. Uh, in order to beat the world record, the Guinness World Record, it needs to go 150 miles per hour. So it's faster than a sneeze, but yes. not as fast as light. It's not as fast as Mario. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, though, this bus is quite a powerful bus. There's videos of it tearing around a track, so we're going to have to put them on our social media because it's, it's quite cool. Just imagine, it's just like, it looks like a regular bus, except they painted it black and white a bit like a cow. Nice. And it's pretty good. But it had me thinking it'd be pretty handy to have cars, you know, that run on waste because, you know, it's, you've run out. All you'd have to do is poo in Take the tank. A quick squat. And voila. I'm not we can sure go. if it's that simple. I don't know if it takes a bit of time to extract the methane from the poo. Oh, well, you know, like technology you said, the anaerobic. What do you mean technologies move on? You can't it just needs, say, well, technologies will move it on. It needs to How be quicker. How do you propose they move on? It needs to be. Well, this is just step one, Mia. This is phase one. All right. This is, right, we've got a bus. We filled it with cow poo and we powered it. The next step is, right, let's do it to a car. Let's do it so we can do it very conveniently. <laughs> you may have to go to a farm and load up on manure there rather than a petrol station. And then before you know it, the driver's seat will be a toilet. You don't even have to get out of the car. <laughs> Straight in the tank. Oh, this is worse than the capybara sleigh. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was pretty, pretty worse. But so you're proposing that we all just sit on toilets in the car and hope that we need a poo petrol, when we need to drive far. Petrol's running out, Mia. And it's getting expensive. It's getting expensive. Methane is still a greenhouse gas, though, so shouldn't we be looking more towards cleaner energies? in the cars oh, it takes forever to charge a car like, <laughs> imagine how annoying it, it is. takes forever to poo enough that you could power this car well maybe how much are you pooing i don't want to know <laughs> but i don't think you i'm thinking i don't think it's humanly possible do you like in, depending on how much you drive I suppose. back to the future too when they've got mr fusion and he just chucks a little yeah. crap in there and then you're boom. hoping for that are you yeah you hop on the roof and do a poo just like a, a little plop <laughs> the little needle of gas goes all the way to the right we're good to go wow okay i don't think i'll be getting one of those cars that's the future mia it's that or walk yeah i mean i'm all for biofuel i think that's nice but i don't think i'll be sitting on a toilet to power my car all right well i think i'm you've, really far in the lead in this you've game. won the game because i think you've got two right and i've got two wrong so we could just leave it there. Or no. We could give you the last one. I want a, I want a full house, a clean sweep. All right. Okay. If you extracted the metals from your poo, you could make five pound every year. As if you're not just burning them in your car. It's cheaper than, still cheaper than petrol. 
So if That's I was true. to extract the metal from my poo, I could make five pounds a year. Mm-hmm. I think you may be tricking me a little bit on this. I think you may make more money. I'm going to say false. That's false. Yes! I mean, in a way, it's kind of like you were completely right. You can make a lot more than £5 a year. Yes! Because, um, yeah, a 2015 study estimated a $13 million yield for the poo of a 1 million population every year. So that's about $13 a year per person. And with the exchange rate as it is. Really, we should just be mining mining the heck out of our poo right now. <laughs> so that sounds good. That's like platinum, silver, gold, some other heavy products, heavy there's, metals. There's gold in our poo. Yeah. Do we eat much gold? A couple gold? of quid's worth every year. It comes from various things, but mostly things like body, pro- um, not body products, beauty products. <laughs> just all that soap I've been eating. Yeah. <laughs> but it just gets in. Like, um, even, so there's beauty products and there's some, like, some things that we use to treat our clothes, like detergent and stuff. It just gets in through your hands. Do you know on the, like, Uncle Scrooge and Huey, Dewey and Louie cartoons where he has that big money pit of gold coins and he swims around in it? Would that get into your poo? What, if you were swimming in gold coins? Yeah. It or would... like Smog the Dragon in The Hobbit. What are you? What? Because he sleeps on. Well, you know how things get into your poo, don't you? By eating them. Yeah, you could swallow a coin or two. I'm saying. But... You were saying like body products and detergents get in that way. Yeah, but if you were swallowing a coin, then every day, <laughs> then your poo would be worth more than five pounds a year, wouldn't it? Today I swallowed four pounds pound a day, <laughs> and now my poo is worth four pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I am breaking even. <laughs> that's not how it works though. this is kind of getting the precious metals back that are in minute concentration in various different products that we use every day now this study was followed up by someone who said why don't we actually start mining our sewage because all those precious metals just get thrown away and obviously you know we've got to think about the environment and recycling and wouldn't that encourage everybody to just be a bit more regular, which is probably better for your health? I'm. You've got me thinking now. Yeah. Mate. This There's could this could work. A tenner a year in your poo. But you is is it worth it. the effort of rummi- like foraging through my poo every time? Well, your poo doesn't really have enough in it that it's worth it. But then what's wrong with my poo? Well, it's just. There's not that it's much not of it. Poo. We were talking about population of a million. <laughs> your poo's not good enough to have gold in it. There Reese. was a city in Japan that did have a little rummage through its sewage after this study, and they found in every thousand kilograms of poo, two kilograms of gold. So that's only 0.2 percent gold. So if you look through your poo, I don't know how much. How much does one poo weigh? <laughs> I don't know. I can't believe I've reached the point where I'm asking this. Dav, Google it. <laughs> We're right. looking at 0.2% of that by mass would be gold. Right. On average. I'm curious to find this. I'm very curious that. to find out how much an average poo weighs. I never thought I'd have a poo. <laughs> <laughs> 
thing, if someone's worded it better, how much can fecal matter weigh? Oh, that's the way to ask it. Fecal matter. This information matters. This is supposed to be a science podcast. We've been saying poo instead of fecal matter. Well, you know, we're not one of these up-themselves scientists <laughs> who feel like they have to use the word fecal. These up-themselves right. scientists. such a random one, but someone here is saying... 0.27 pounds. That seems so specific. Pounds? <laughs> That's in pounds. Pounds? That's I just... think it's because this is on the website where they're talking about losing weight. Ah, uh, what's so... so they're saying? Have a poo before you weigh yourself? Yeah. What did you say? 0.27 pounds? 0.27. It's about the same much of money you'd get from your poo as well, by the sounds of it. <laughs> you'd get about 0.27 pounds. Right, that's 122 grams. So you would get about half a gram. How much? How heavy is that? How heavy is a bag of sugar? I don't know. Kilogram? A kilogram or so. The poo's lighter. <laughs> <laughs> There's something called the Bristol... Poo's lighter than sugar. <laughs> if you take anything away from this podcast... <laughs> but it does depend on what bag of sugar you buy. It does depend on your diet as well. Because <laughs> there is something called the Bristol stool scale, isn't there? Which... It's got, it kind of measures different kinds of poos. What? Yeah, so they've taken photographs of poo. Why is this in poo. Bristol? Someone, I don't know, it's just called a Bristol stool oh. st- stool scale. Um, someone kind of took pictures of poos and then it kind of determines what is a healthy poo and what isn't. So, for example, it's supposed to, the ideal poo should come out and be like a, a, an S shape. An S? Does that not need to define defy gravity? I don't know. But apparently, like a curve, yes, it needs it to need curve. To come down and then go back up? That is the healthiest of all the poos. Wow. The unhealthiest of it is just water. But I think that I think the average it's person works that out. Yeah. yeah, you've got problems with your large intestines. But yeah, there's at least seven or eight different photographs. I haven't got this written down. I'm doing this from memory, so I could be <laughs> wrong. But there is definitely different kinds of poos, like the kind which are like looks like pellets. The shootout, that's quite unhealthy as well. Yeah, that sounds like what a goat does. Exactly, and you don't want to be eating the same thing as a goat. No. But it does depend on your diet, and there's ways of working out kind of what's missing from your diet based on looking at your poo. But, nah, not for me. That's what that's what that woman did on telly, wasn't it? And I just, just think there must be easier ways to figure out what's wrong with your diet. There's easier ways to make money than appearing on telly looking at poo. All we need to do is rummage through our own poo. And then we find the gold. And we'll find the gold buried deep within. (laughs) (laughs) It was worth losing the game to hatch this plan. It was. And I'm just happy that I finally won something. You've won something and your prize can be whatever you find in the toilet tomorrow. I'll bring it in next week, shall I? (laughs) (laughs) You've been listening to Space Gravy with me, Reese L. Griffiths. And me, Mia Hatton. What about me? Oh yeah. Produced by David Weeks and edited by Christy Evans. Visit our website at spacegravypodcast.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.